This is the Spa Retailer Podcast, where we talk about retail, business, and all things related to the hot tub industry. I'm Megan Kendrick, owner of Spa Retailer Magazine. And I'm Jeff Bailey, owner of Spring Dance Hot Tubs in Philadelphia. is brought to you by Bullfrog Spas. Welcome back to the podcast, Jeff. It's been a little while since anyone's heard from us. That's right. That's right. We took our summer hiatus. That that apparently you didn't tell anybody we were doing that. <laughs> well, so the plan had been we had one more episode scheduled kind of for the end of last season, I guess if you want to call it. And it just kept getting rescheduled and rescheduled and rescheduled. And finally, it had been so long that I was like, we're basically already on our summer break. Once we get this interview scheduled, we'll just put it out in September when we come back. And so, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't actually announce that we were taking our summer break. We just kind of started it. <laughs> well, you, you're having a crazy summer. I mean, it's 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 been hot and stormy in the Midwest, hasn't it been? It has been hot, that's for sure. Early summer, right? It've been, it got a few, few. Yeah, uh, in, the, in the spring, we definitely have, you know, our, our lovely storms. Well, and I feel like the whole country was just kind of underwater there for about a month, right? Yes. Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty crazy. Did, were you able to steal away any time? Yeah, we took a little, we took a little family trip to the, to the lake, which is, which was lovely. Oklahoma has this lovely lake, um, community called Carlton Landing and it's something that you would never expect to find in Oklahoma like anytime somebody goes out there they're they're just kind of shocked <laughs> that exists because it's just so like I don't know. It just every time we go there, I just feel so fancy that we're going to this beautiful, you know, <laughs> lake house. <laughs> this is our second summer that we've gone out there for a few days, and we'll probably do it every summer. It's great because my extended family comes, and we're able to rent a house that holds all of us. And so, we, you know, when you have little kids, it makes it a lot easier when everyone can kind of be in the same place, so that you're not you know, having to coordinate nap times and bedtimes and all of that. You guys can just kind of all be there together, relaxing and hanging out at the lake and going to the pool. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just uh, did my first, uh, I guess it's not, it wasn't an Airbnb. And I think it was uh, 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 VRBO is what we did. So we, ah. we had a summer vacation with that. And you're right. When everybody's together, it's really different. We're used to hotels and that kind of stuff. And um I believe I just saw a commercial. They call it Verbo now. Have you seen that? Like I, I do. I have. I've honestly have never known how to pronounce that. Yeah, so I'll yeah, whatever you say. I'll it, just go with it. <laughs> yeah, they're calling it Verbo. I thought, well, that's weird. But anyway, so we did that, and uh, we went to Palm Desert. We rented this house, and we had our daughters come in and surprised my wife. We had a we had a terrific terrific visit. We stayed uh, for a week there and over on PGA West Golf Course, and it was just a gorgeous gorgeous place it was a lot of fun that seems like they all wanted to to do it again next year after they we went there so we'll we'll see if we do that but it was uh very very cool way to vacation that's for sure yeah i mean there are definite benefits to being in a hotel i mean or at a resort like you get the amenities you can get room service you know kind of things are kind of right there for you which is really nice but i feel like you you kind of don't get the togetherness that you do when you're just all in one big house kind of thrown together and for some families that may not work <laughs> you may need more space but for ours it's great it was really neat like like you said it wasn't fancy now before we did that we had uh gone up to the central coast uh, with some friends and uh of california and that was really neat there were so many neat things to see there and 
I think my favorite part was it was never got over 70 in Morro Bay when we were there. Oh, was, that's so nice. Yeah, it was beautiful. Have you told anybody about what you are? right now <laughs> yeah so it's not a, it's not a secret but it's but i haven't actually like you know announced it or anything but i am like super pregnant right now <laughs> okay <laughs> when do you do i am due in Oct- the beginning of october so so yeah it's that's kind of made this year extra crazy because it was a little unexpected i mean we had wanted more children but we didn't think that was necessarily in the cards for us so we'd kind of given up and then ta-da here we are pregnant and so all the travel that I had decided to do for work I had to do in like the first quarter before I got giant and didn't want to be on a plane anymore so the beginning of the year was crazy with traveling to see customers and doing all of that and then I got home and I thought okay I can finally be home and get caught up on work and all these other things and then you know we had to go out of town and so now here we are at the end of August and it's, I feel like we haven't taken a breath all year long. <laughs> wow. Do you know the sex of the baby yet? Yeah. Oh, yes. It is. Um, it's another little girl. So we have a four-year-old girl right now, and we will have this other one. How exciting. In October, or hopefully October. I mean, she's been trying to make an early appearance, so that's not fun. <laughs> oh, wow. So you've been busy with that. Pregnancy kind of takes up a lot of your brain and it takes up a lot of your time. And so I, the last few weeks have been frustrating with just, I feel like constant appointments and my poor employees, I'm just pretty much never here. And I just tell them, it's like, if I'm not in the office, you just assume I'm at a doctor's appointment and text me if you need anything. (laughs) Yeah, that's all you can do. You've got this baby on its way in October. Tell us about what's ahead coming up with the podcast. Well, so since I'm pregnant, we've been trying to get as many interviews as we can get done kind of before the baby comes just to be just to be safe, because I mean, it's hard enough to get these scheduled, you know, when you don't have an infant. So we've got quite a few that we've been able to do through over the summer. And then we've got several that we're kind of hoping to get done here in the next couple of weeks. So yeah, we've talked to Justin Miller. He's the founder of Finn. We talked to Scott Clark, who owns the spa and sauna shop in Reno, and Joe Stone, who owns Swim Fitness in Northern California. We've got some others, you know, cooking that I'm that I'm really excited about. I think this is going to be a good a good season of the of the podcast. Excellent, yeah, and I I, I know we have the other people that I guess we can't talk about because we hasn't recorded we haven't recorded them yet. <laughs> yes, what if but, they what if it falls through and then <laughs> then they are on the hook? <laughs> well there's some other really cool stuff we'll be doing. So that's that's awesome. Well and so something else that we've started doing with our guests this year is something we're kind of calling the spa retailer 10, where we end each episode asking everybody the same 10 questions. And they're kind of a combination of light life questions and some and some business questions so that we thought it would be good to get things going for this season with you and I giving our answers to the spot retailer 10. That sounds great. And I think you should go first. So let's let's do that. (laughs) All right. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Jeff and I will attempt to answer the spa retailer 10. Does your spa business offer a customer experience that engages and excites? Bullfrog Spas is the only hot tub manufacturing partner with a program dedicated to retail experience. 
Power Per Square Foot is a set of customer experience best practices designed to elevate dealership performance. With game-changing products, interactive sales tools, and step-by-step -step planning guides, Power Per Square Foot by Bullfrog Spas provides the complete package you need to succeed in today's retail environment. Visit bullfrogspas.com to learn about dealership opportunities today. These are 10 questions we ask, and you can't have a wrong answer. None of our Actually, we've had some really interesting answers from some of the people we've interviewed. But uh, uh, it starts out with the first question, your favorite vacation spot. I feel like we've kind of covered this a little bit because I don't I, – I feel like vacation has changed so much when you have young children. And so now it's not so much my favorite vacation spot, but really more my favorite vacation type, which is what I just described, is all of our family yeah. in a big house somewhere. But so. that's, that's not the question. Well, the question is your favorite vacation <laughs> spot. I would say you can't change the rules. I okay, fine. Probably my favorite vacation that we have taken was to uh, Turks and Caicos. Which oh. didn't you go there this year? I was there. Jeff? I was there this year in January. Yes. Yes. And again, this was before we had children, but it was all of my family, and we rented a house, and it was it was great. It was a lovely it was a lovely place. Great beaches and good food. I feel like what else can you ask for? No, that's awesome. So, so if you, given your druthers, you'd want to be near a beach. Probably. I mean, we camp a couple times a year. And okay. so I kind of, that that's kind of, I get a little taste of kind of the mountainy outdoors as well. But yeah, if I want to actually relax, I, you can stick me on a beach with a book for days and I would be fine. That sounds relaxing actually right yeah. about now. It's mm -hmm. been kind of a crazy month. How about favorite restaurant? I'm not sure I can give you a restaurant, but I can tell you what my favorite food is. And then we'll figure out a restaurant. Go ahead. <laughs> so favorite food, I'm going to go with uh, macaroni and cheese. Wow. Really? Of all the foods out there, that's what you're – this is because you're pregnant. Uh-huh. Yeah. This is not the best time to answer this because hmm. I would say like, you know, this pregnancy is brought to you by Kraft Macaroni and Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's, that's what's probably what I feed my family like two or three times a week at this point. Um, <laughs> between the beginning where you're sick and then the middle, it was just so crazy with travel. And then the end, you're just so tired. It's just, you know, we're just not really eating great around here. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of not eating great, um, when you got your first real job, um, you probably did one of the first things you did was went out and ate a great meal, I'm assuming. So uh, what was your first real job? That's our qu third question. What's your first yeah. real job? My first real job was at the public library. Oh, I remember In, you telling me about that. Yeah, Williston, Williston, North Dakota, the public, the public library. I was, it was right after I graduated from high school. Uh, my parents were very much like, you know, as long as you're, as long as you have good grades and you're involved in other activities, that's your job to get good grades. <laughs> Don't worry about getting a little part-time job and eating up your time. Like you'll make us a lot more, you'll make a lot more money in good grades than you will in a part-time job, which they were a hundred percent right. Um, so yeah, so my first job after I graduated was at the public, was at the public library, which was an interesting experience. That is cool. Is it, was there a lot of books there in Williston? How many books I did mean, you have? Mostly coloring books? What was it? <laughs> right. How many people live in Williston? Uh, when I was there, when I grew up there, it was about 13,000. 13, oh, that's not tiny. I'm no, small, no, no. but it's not tiny. Yeah, but no, the, no, no. The, the problem is that was the 
like as you dr- drive away from there, it only gets more rural, right? Yeah. So like yeah. the next biggest, you know, town was two hours away. Once you get outside of Williston was kind of a hub. And then after you got out of there, you're talking, you know, hundreds of people <laughs> wow. per, yes. per location. Wow. Okay. So what was your first product sale? Name the customer and 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 uh, what you sold them. Well, this is a weird question for you because you've never sold spas. But what about the first time you sold something for your magazine? Yeah, well, I this I remember this very distinctly because um, I bought the magazines and um, I didn't have a dedicated ad salesman at the time. I kind of thought it was important for me to at least learn that side of the business for a little while. And so, yeah, my very first ad sale was to Jamie Novak from NC Brands. <laughs> That's and awesome. yeah, and honestly, like, I feel like she did it just because she felt bad for me. Because <laughs> I just was so clearly didn't know what I was doing. And I think she just wanted to be, you know, supportive. And so did you cry? Um, you weren't crying. You didn't pull the crying. No, cord. no, I, did, I didn't cry. Although, I like being pregnant, I probably could get a lot of sales now. I just call people up and just, yeah, my emotions are all over the place. So, <laughs> but yeah, no, that was, so that was, she was my very first, my very first ad sale. If you weren't doing Spot Retailer Magazine, what would you be doing? Oh, man, I was talking to some friends about this the other night. And it's kind of interesting how your life changes and you look back and you're like, why didn't I do X, you know? So when I look back at college, sometimes I think I should have done medicine instead of English. Like, I feel like I picked the thing that just came the most natural to me, which was, you know, I got an English literature degree and then I got my master's in journalism. And and it's one of those things where it's like it was never really it wasn't hard. <laughs> it was just, it was an easy thing to do. And so that's what I did. And I feel like I would have probably been really good at, at medicine and I would have really Doing enjoyed surgery, it. like open heart surgery. You think you'd be good at that? No, 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 no. I like, we're talking more like, you know, MD. I'm not operating on anybody okay. probably. All right. All right. <laughs> I'm not, don't have, my hands are not that steady. Um, <laughs> But but yeah, that's that's probably you'd be, you'd be in medicine of some sort I, if you weren't I, doing this. I think so. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right. The worst idea you ever had at 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 spot retailer. Oh man, this one's hard because I I feel like I haven't been in business long enough for myself to have really screwed something up yet. But we've just ha- I've had a lot of like story ideas flop over the years, and of course I haven't been able to think of a good example lately i have to kind of think about it some more but you're the one who came up with these questions so i know i, was expecting I know you. yeah <laughs> <laughs> i know i and i wish i could think of a, of a good example but there's there, we have a lot of stories that they start off and i think oh this is such a great idea and then you start talking to people and either they either they won't tell you what you want to know to make the story good or it just it doesn't actually exist, and you thought this was a great idea only in your own mind. Uh, so we've had, had a lot of yeah. those. <laughs> I think we all do that. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. How about the best idea? I feel like the best idea I've had since I bought the magazine is the people that I've hired. For the most part, I have I have also fired my first person, so that was maybe not so much. But I feel like I have got a really strong 
team right now. And, you know, especially with the baby coming, it just gives me a lot of peace knowing that I can leave everything in, in good hands. Like we are, we are set. We have got some really strong people. Good. Yeah. So that, that feels nice. Awesome. What was your scariest leap of faith you ever taken in business or your personal life? Uh, I don't know. I'm having a baby in the well, right after I bought my business. <laughs> I know, right? I feel like buying the business still like takes the cake. But yeah, so when we found out we were pregnant, if you had seen my face, it wasn't exactly joy. <laughs> because like even though we had really wanted to have another child, it was terrifying because it's like it takes up a lot of time and you don't really know what that's going to look like and um and yeah, I'm still fairly terrified of how it, things are going to go after this after this baby comes because, you know, small business owners don't exactly get uh, maternity leave. So, sure. you know, it doesn't really matter how much sleep I'm getting. I still got to get up in the morning and uh, turn the computer on. So amazing. It, it's it's really true. It's yeah, there's not a there's not a whole lot of breathing room, so to speak, for that. No, um, I, we did. It is good timing in a lot of ways though, because I, I will miss the shows this year because I'll have a four week old, but it's kind of their longest stretch that we go not putting out an issue when I have the baby till the, like the end of the year. So, so that's good. Like the timing couldn't have worked out better in some ways, although I'll miss going to New Orleans. Um, other than that, it's like, I, I didn't plan it, but it looks like I did. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, let's get serious here. Who is your mentor? Who's been your mentor? Well, it's kind of interesting because it's it kind of changes like for different stages of your life, right? Sure. But I would say for for business and especially for the magazines, obviously it would be Dave uh, David Wood who owned the publications before. And who I, you know, who was my boss for 10 years and then who I, who I bought them from. Yeah. I mean, he taught me a lot and he's still, I know he's, I still call him when I have questions or when I don't know how to do something or if I need to bounce an idea off somebody because nobody knows better than what I'm going through than, than he does, you know? So, but it's kind of cool. Like there's, you know, there's other people in your life and other people in the industry that I know I can turn to with some of those same, with those same things. Like, you know, one of the first people I called when I bought the magazines was Bob Ladder from Master Spas because he had been having some conversations with me as I kind of tried to figure out what I wanted to do next. And so, you know, and he's someone that I still know that I can call if I have questions like outside of just industry stuff, but just about business, you know, what should I do or how, what about oh, this? That's and, great. Yeah. And there's, and there's, there's, a, I have a lot of examples of, of people like that, you know, from manufacturers to retailers who it's, who I know I can call for advice and um, you know, maybe it's not a real kind of mentorship looking relationship, but, um, but I know that they, I know that they'd be there for me. So it's kind of, that's kind of cool. Very cool. How about your favorite book? TV oh, or podcast? Well, so since I have been admittedly spending a fair amount of time in bed lately, <laughs> <laughs> um, the last show that I binge watched was Mindhunter on Netflix. Hmm. So I wouldn't say it's like a favorite, but it's the most it's the most recent thing that I have that I have watched and really enjoyed. Interesting. So yeah, have you heard of that show before? I have not. Is it? It's called Mindhunter. 
Mindhunter, yeah. So it's about the guys who started the behavioral science division of the FBI, and they started studying serial killers. And so it's kind of about these guys going around and interviewing serial, serial killers and developing profiles of them to try to, you know, catch the next guy. Interesting. It is interesting. I mean, if you're kind of like the true crime kind of stuff, weird things like that, it would you'd like it. <laughs> that is interesting. Yeah. Um, and then um, you have a favorite podcast? Oh, gosh. That's kind of hard. I the, So the other – so the podcast I've been listening to recently is Sports Wars, actually. Um, I'm a big Green Bay Packers fan, and so the very first season of that show was – about uh, Favre and Rogers, it's kind of it looks at sports rivalries, um, and so obviously I was all in on listening to this podcast about Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. You know they've done like Federer and Nadal and um, Jordan and oh I'm, I'm now I'm not gonna remember his name, but it's so it's kind of it's kind of all about different sports rival rivalries, and it was pretty it's pretty interesting. But it's, it's on the same thing. teams. No, different teams. Um, well, who's the second one you said? You said it was Farvin uh, Rodgers. Farvin out, right? So they're single. Yep. And yep. then, okay. And then it was, uh, why can't I think of his name? This is going to drive me nuts. Did they play during the same time? Was it Jordan? Oh, and- it was, yeah, it was Jordan Kobe? and I, I think Isaiah Thomas. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because he, he, played, he played for the Pistons. Yeah, yeah for the Pistons. Yeah, yep. exactly. Interesting. Man, I could not pull that out of my brain. So, <laughs> yes, and there and there are other seasons. That's those are kind of the only ones that I have that I have made it through. But um, they're short seasons. They're only like four or five episodes, and so you can kind of digest it over the course of a week or two, which is it was good. Awesome. Yeah. So not favorites, just most recent. <laughs> no, I hear you. I I hear you. I don't. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to that kind of stuff. It's, it's, uh, you're always changing. Yeah. I mean, could, like, could you really like name your favorite book of all time? I and mean, I've read a lot of books. I can hardly remember the titles of half of them, much less if they were a favorite. <laughs> right. No, you're, you're for, uh, you're for sure. Um, correct about that. We don't even have movies in there. So. Oh, we don't. Well, but we I, I kind of remember some of the people giving us movies, if I remember correctly. Well, I mean, that would fit right into the genre. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. So should we hit you with the Spot Retailer 10 now? I guess we should. All right, let's do it. All right, Jeff. Favorite vacation spot? Boy, I just went here recently, and <clears throat> I would have told you that it was my favorite um, vacation spot, but it was so windy that it annoyed me. But yeah. I love I love Cabo San Lucas. Um, I love uh, Tulum, Mexico, which is kind of the opposite end of opposite side of Mexico <clears throat> over off the uh, Gulf uh, of Mexico. So I like, I like that, that area. Um, but I would say uh, any, anywhere there's a beach. I enjoy that. And I like the fancy side of things with that. Like staying at mm-hmm. little places. I mean, you, are... did, you did go to Bali for your anniversary. So no, no, I didn't go to Bali. I went to Bora Bora, which oh, Bora, I think Bora. Bali Bali is beautiful. No, <laughs> they are different. They're different. Now that was the most incredible vacation, but you sort of read that. Like anybody who gets in trying to find that ultimate vacation spot. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, hands down, it was, uh, it was the best. It was the most amazing place I've ever been to. It was it was great. I mean, it's almost like a dream. But you give me a beach, and I'm pretty happy. Yeah. So we actually found this place in Tulum. It's actually a hut, but it does have air conditioning and internet. It does not have TVs, which is great. Yeah. Um, but it's it's and you walk out of your hut 
into the sand to the beach. I thought it was just terrific. And I think there were like 15 units there. So it's very small. And that area down in Tulum is really, really undeveloped. So it's kind of has a feel more of like you're in Central America than yeah. Mexico. So I, I just love that. I, I, yeah, I've heard that. And I've wanted to go there. But we the last time we went to Mexico, we ended up just north of there in Playa del Carmen instead. Yeah, yep. that's, that's a beautiful place. But yeah, if you go a little farther south, it just it flips. It changes mm-hmm. a whole lot. So how about a uh, favorite restaurant or and or favorite food? You're well, not going to say macaroni I, and cheese. I, I love <laughs> Italian food. I love Italian food. And one of my favorite restaurants is called Scarpetta. And then I get like super into it. So there's like seven of them. And one's in Philadelphia. They recently opened one in Philadelphia in Rittenhouse Square. That's amazing. But they all have a little bit different flair. But there's one in Miami Beach and one out in um, there's one in New York City. There's one in the Hamptons. So when I get into something like that, then I I have to go to all of them. So <laughs> Scarpetta has been the place that I have. It's one of my favorite restaurants by far. That's so funny. So I mean, are there are there differences between all of them, or are all yeah. of them the same? Yeah, because the chefs great? the chefs do a little. They have the same core food items on them that are different, but they're maybe yeah. made to their like their style. So it's kind of neat. They have a. It's it's I've never been let down there, and uh, anybody I've taken that has visited uh, has loved it, and it's one of my favorite restaurants in Las Vegas. It's uh, in the Cosmopolitan there, oh, and I have I, one I, in, in yes. Vegas too. Yep, and I loved it that night. I, it was just incredible. I had a great meal at the bar, and then uh, I was with some friends, and on the way home, I pulled up the restaurant to learn more about it online, and sure enough, they were opening one in Philly, and then I saw all the other ones, and so. See, this is my problem is that like, there's a lot of restaurants I love. I, I could never pick a favorite because we, because oh, yeah. when we travel, we, we kind of do the same thing. You know, you try to go to kind of the best of the best when you can. And so I couldn't even pick from some of these because they were just so great, but so different. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because you go back and as a kid, like there was fancy, fancy restaurants, right? You had, to, you know, <laughs> and they don't have, <laughs> yeah, right. no, 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 <laughs> no, you climb fancy, fancy when you, I was you, a kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was. And my kids would tell you that that was like, that was as good as it got for uh-huh. like, all their like single digit years growing up there. But we spent a lot of money at the Olive Garden, but no, I mean like a nice restaurant, there was no trendy restaurants like there are mm-hmm. today, like more sure. of these kind of food, like they're fun. Like I, and I, I really, uh, Vegas really has just some of the greatest restaurants and concepts. They've got a Javier's there and they have one of those in, uh, am I saying that right? Javier's? Javier's in uh, Newport Beach too. That's the best Mexican I ever had. And I don't even care for Mexican food that much. Oh, uh, Jeff, we can't be friends anymore. <laughs> but I can eat it there. So someday if the show's ever in Vegas, you got to go to Javier's. It's in the Aria and it's just unbelievable. When we were in Vegas this last time, my husband and I went to um, Bizarre Meat, which is a Jose Andreas restaurant. I think that's what changed. Like the chefs are kind of rock stars now, right? Yes. yes. Like we, I've eaten at so many Jose Andreas restaurants, you know, and a few in DC and then this one in Vegas that have always loved them. And man, that was a meal. Like it was pretty great. <laughs> no, no, I, it, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. No, that is, that is cool. Well, enough about food. I could talk about food for a while, but um, so how, what was your first job? I don't think I know this answer. You probably don't. And it's, it was when I was very young, like I think I was 16 and it wasn't a long job. It was my first real job. And I say real job because I still to this day am just blown away at how organized it was and just what a system it was. But I'm also very grateful I don't work there anymore. But it was <laughs> McDonald's. And I could not believe 
what an organized machine that place was and how everything was run so efficient, so organized, and just something as simple as making a hamburger. And then, of course, gosh, some 35 years later, I watched the movie with Michael Keaton in it about the McDonald's. I forget what the name of it was. Do you know what I'm talking about? It was just out in the last year or so, two years. Um, but it was the story about Ray Kroc and and the whole building up of McDonald's and how that all came to be. And oh, how the they, founder. The founder, yeah. There we go. Yeah, yes, yeah, that yeah. was the movie. Yeah, the founder. And so um, I was like, yeah, the founder, Ray Kroc. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was that was it. So so Ray, I I just I just loved that movie. It just gave me some. Uh, it was it was just a great way, but just seeing how that's what we do in business. We're always trying to make things better. We're always trying to be more efficient. We're always trying like it never ends. It just it never ends. And then you hire more people and then you got to teach them to be that way, too. So um, but but in a I guess in a weird way, they give you hope that these guys figured it out. I mean, something as stupid as a crappy hamburger, but they have figured out how to do it over and over again, reinvent themselves. And one of the things that blows my mind about them is how much money they still spend on advertising. It's really crazy. So anyway, that was my first real job, McDonald's. And uh, and I, I learned a lot in that four-month period that I worked there. Only four months? So it was, was that just the summer? Uh, you know what it was? I went away to the Bahamas for a whole summer. I was with a group, and there were 30 of us. And we went and we built a house for a mission there. And I did that when I was 16. So we... We left in like the first week of June and got back Labor Day weekend. And so I needed to get money to do that trip. So sure. I was able to work that spring. And okay. uh, and then when I got back, I I got another job doing something different. Um, <laughs> again, I didn't want to always work at McDonald's, but I would, again, it's, it's, yeah, the lessons learned there were really cool. It is really interesting when you work for a big company like that. I mean, because I had some... Like in college, I worked some retail jobs for like Pottery Barn and places like that. And it is interesting once you when you work for companies like that to see, like you said, all of the efficiencies and all the things that they've built into the processes of how they do stuff. And it's just like, oh, I get it. <laughs> you know, you're like you're you exist not necessarily because you make the best hamburger or because you make the best furniture or clothes or whatever. It's because you figured out this side of it. Oh, no, it's, uh, you're absolutely right. You know, we just bought a house. And so we bought a lot of furniture from Pottery Barn. And mm -hmm. and these guys send three emails a day. Like right. they are in your face. And when you look <laughs> up something and you're, you know, they, they send you pictures of it. Remember, you were looking at this a few minutes ago, you know, and yeah. it's it just, I mean, they have it figured out. So what was your for what was your first spa sale? Do you remember the the yes. like the hot tub and the customer and all that? Yeah, his name was John Ferreira. Him and his wife were lovely people. They were awesome. They were smart and um they're the kind of people that now if I see them in our store, I I'll say to a salesperson, that's our customer. You know, you make sure you sell them a spot because that is our customer. They're just terrific uh, people. But it was John Ferrar. I'm drawing a blank on her, his wife's name, but they bought a hot spring sovereign. They were just terrific. And I remember <laughs> they're the only people I ever sold an A and B wood surround with a hot tub with. And Oh, really? Uh, yeah. They were the only customer I've ever sold. I've, I've tried, but it was wood. It was back in the day when all that stuff was wood. Yeah. So, so yeah, they were terrific people. It was interesting because I mean, this was my first real foray in sales. I never did any 
selling before. Uh, I mean, I always have. I look back and I was constantly selling, right? We always are selling. But I, I, it was my first time really dealing directly with people and having them spend, you know, at that time, $6,500 was a big deal that you could get that money from them back in 1999. So 99. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's great. If you weren't selling hot tubs, <laughs> what would you be doing now? Boy, that is a great question. And, and I, I don't know, because I've had this conversation with other people, you know, I, I just, I guess I just don't know anything different than what I'm doing. And I don't know anybody that would hire me <laughs> I would wear flip-flops or get up later in the morning and wear flip-flops all day for like April to September. Like, I don't, I don't know how else would, I don't think. Don't you, I mean, don't you think you'd probably own a different, a different kind of business? Because you owned another business before too, right? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I would, yeah, I would definitely be working for myself. I don't know what I would be doing. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I, this is very enjoyable too. So it's, it's, I, I love what I do. So, so for me to say, that what would I be doing if I wasn't doing this? I, it's, it's hard for me to say. And plus, I've been doing it for so long. So what's the worst idea or the biggest flop? It's so easy. So easy. Is it? Yeah. Tanning beds. Oh, oh my God. The worst. Oh. People would come in the store like the first week. They give you cancer. Like everything. Then we started calling them cancer beds. And it just, <laughs> it was just... It never, never even remotely took off. They were cool and they were fun to put them on the stores, but that was a flop for us. You know, when that was, was that? Oh gosh, this goes way back. Was this like, this was back like Great Lake days when we were mm. selling Great Lake spas and this would have been, this would have been 2005, 2004. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I almost put them in the category with massage chairs. Like they had a little bump, right? Where people got, Oh yeah, I want to, I want one of these tanning beds. And it was the same thing with the massage chairs. Like I know a lot of people that sell massage chairs, but you don't move them like you move hot tubs. So, and I don't think the massage chairs were nearly as big of a flop, even though we never figured out, but the tanning beds was just a bad idea. Yeah. I mean, I think tanning beds in general are probably just a bad idea. So that doesn't really help you very much. Yeah. Like at least a hot tub and a massage chair, like they've got some redeeming qualities, but a, but a tanning bed, like, um, yeah, I don't know anyone who'd buy one of those anymore. <laughs> That's funny. That is funny. Yeah. Nobody. Although if you go to a tanning salon before you go on vacation in the sun and you get a little bit of a burn, it does make your vacation better than if you just go get zapped in the sun when you're. Oh well, see, I just go for the I just go for the spray tan. There I you just, go. I just let them fake. Just airbrush me. <laughs> so if you get a fake tan, can you go sit in the sun with it? Yeah, why not? Well, I mean, look, I'm. I mean, I'm white. <laughs> yes, you are. I've noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. So like super super pasty. So no, I mean the nice thing about the spray tan is that I can go out and slather myself in sunscreen and it still looks like I didn't show up yesterday. <laughs> so no more, no more tanning beds. The world thanks you for that. Yes. Um, how about your best, how about your best idea or the biggest game changer you've made? The biggest game changer is when I joined this company in 99, I immediately started petitioning the current owner that I wanted to buy in and open another store through a great rep we had at the time he was able to change the market around a little bit and made some hard decisions and we were in 2003 you know pretty quickly we're able to open up 
another store and I became a partner. That was the best idea I had because that just yeah. led to some 15 years later, me buying, buying the business. So yeah. 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 That would, I, that's what I would say was the best idea. I wish I could say I had an idea where we sold like 150 hot tubs. Because <laughs> it doesn't exist. Right. So I feel like the scariest leap of faith question is probably not fair right now, considering where both of us are as fairly new, new business owners. But what would you say is the scariest leap of faith you've ever taken in business or in your personal life? I would say the two are intertwined. Pers- like, yeah, yeah the, the end. Uh, yeah, it would definitely have been jumping into this business. I mean, it's kind of funny how you look back and I always think of that expression or that quote, confidence is something you have before you fully understand the situation. And, yeah. and that is, that's, I had all the confidence in the world to do this. Here we are some, you know, 14, 15 months later. And, you know, I, I, I've lost an employee, a 50 year old who passed away from cancer. That was a key, key person in our company. And then we lost the store to a flood. So we, we've had a lot of, I've had a lot of adversity, adversity that we didn't have in the first uh, 18 years of business. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it's, it, it's, it's been a leap of faith. That's for sure. Yeah, it is kind of weird, I feel like. I've been thinking about this a lot lately just because I think when you buy a business or you start a business, you you have all of these ideas and all these things you're going to do to make it better and and this and that. And then life kind of happens. <laughs> you know, you you are, you know, you're you're pregnant or you're you know, someone in your family passes away or someone your coworker passes away or and you kind of have to learn to like to be okay with letting some of that stuff go and that's really hard because you know, you want to make this business the best it can be. And you're at a point where you're like, you know what, there are things that are more important. And that means that this great idea that I have, it has to be put on hold. And it's really hard. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, yeah, it's funny too. And as, as you talk about the leap of faith, I was just talking about this with a friend yesterday. I think it was Marco Prisco from Prisco Pools. But we were saying how we so lack the faith to be able to go, if I fire that person, I'll be able to get a better person. Like, like, and, and that is the funniest because that's a scary leap of faith. Oh, yeah. I'm going to take some guy who consistently doing, you know, six, seven hundred, eight hundred, a million dollars worth of sales a year, but creates such havoc and turmoil in the company that you're constantly on, you know, walking on eggshells in your own business and having yeah. that faith to be able to say, you know what, I'm done. We're going to, we're going to let you go. We're going to do something. I think of uh, buddy Ryan, when he let Chris Carter go in Philadelphia, you know, Chris Carter went on to become a hall of fame football player, but yeah. when he, you know, buddy let him go and, and they asked him why. And he said, because all he did was catch touchdowns. And I think we, we all have a lot of people. That's all they're doing is catching touchdowns in, in our businesses and they're not doing anything else. Yeah, that was. I mean, there was a whole backside story of that. He was abusing drugs, and Buddy found out, and he wanted him gone. He was, Buddy was old school like that. Like today, you know, they would do have a different way to go about that uh, to help that that player. But it's a great story. In fact, if you ever yeah. look at uh, Chris Carter's his Hall of Fame speech, is uh, amazing. It's on YouTube, but his Hall of Fame speech is all about it, and he tells the whole story there about Buddy letting him go and how it was it changed his life. So it was very cool. I met Chris Carter once. Really? Where? Yeah. At uh, junior high, actually. <laughs> huh. He uh, he came to little Wilson, North Dakota and walked through our junior high. Really? 
Yeah, isn't that random? I mean, beyond I mean, North Dakota is Vikings country, so you know it kind of uh, makes sense. He's doing a. I don't. I. I have no. I have no idea and no memory as to why he was there. I just know he was. <laughs> how far is Williston from Fargo? Like four or five hours, right? Yeah, we're it's completely opposite sides of the yeah, state. Yeah, yeah, and Fargo's not far in the from Minneapolis from Minneapolis yeah. in in Fargo terms, mm-hmm. like in you know. Nope, it's really it's it's pretty yeah. close. Yeah. So who was or is your mentor? I am so fortunate to have so many mentors. And I, I mean that I'm in that, that Gemini group that we get together. Mm-hmm. And um, when I think of a mentor, I think of somebody I can lean on, somebody I can bounce ideas, say the most juvenile business things to, and they don't laugh at you. They help you. They understand because they were there too once. And I just think of everybody in my Gemini group. I think of people like Rich Heiner and Norm Coburn, Sue Rogers, and I just moved down there. There's uh, Josh and Mark from Atlanta, and I'm just moving around the room thinking about all yeah. the people in there. Joe Mahoney. Sure. I, I see that Thad Shabin. I'm just going around as I'm thinking I'm going to miss people. Dan Friedman. But there's just a ton of great people that have helped to mentor me in this business, and they've been they've been terrific at it. Like every single person that you've mentioned in that group, I think would point to that as being one of the things that has been paramount in their success. Yeah. Yeah. But it's because we all come together and we all mm-hmm. somewhat mentor each other and there's no pride there. There's no, everybody's mm-hmm. taking notes. Everybody's trying their best to, to be on there. I think other people like Brian Quint, you know, that weren't in Gemini and have always shared so many things with me and been so helpful along the way, you know, he's, just terrific people. This industry is full of them, right? We've got yeah. some good ones. <laughs> yeah, we do. We sure do. I feel like we need to rephrase our last question. All right. Um, it's kind of like favorite entertainment. And then what's your favorite entertainment of your favorite entertainment? <laughs> right? So it's like, what's your favorite book or TV show or podcast or movie? We should probably add movie to that. I, um, I'm, a, I'm a brain candy guy. And I got to meet this guy, Brad Thor. He came. I sponsored some event he was doing. He was speaking at a radio station, a talk radio station. Brad Thor writes these great books like about, I think the guy's name is Scott Horvath, and he's like a Tom Cruise type character and saves the world and all these different things, you know, he does. And there's just kind of brain candy where you just kind of disappear into the book and and read a good story. And then I, I, I've never listened to a podcast, including this. Yes, we, we've, 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 we've established that. <laughs> yes. And then um, TV. It's weird. You know, I, I get into certain shows. Gosh, I got so into billions on. Oh, on, yeah, that one's good. I haven't watched the new season yet. Yeah, that is just a. And I've talked to so many people that that don't like it, like or said they couldn't get into it. I like I don't get it. Like Paul Giamatti is like he's amazing in that movie. And the guy that well, plays. Couldn't you watch anything that he's in, though? He's just so good. He is. And, and he's terrific. And then the guy that plays Axe, the mm-hmm. owner of Axe Capital, he is another terrific actor. Yeah. Uh, and, and the plot of that is just, it's just great. Jeff, I think we could probably go on about TV shows and good actors for a while. So for the sake of our listeners, I say we call it a day. We are really excited for this season of the podcast. If you have any questions for us or our guests, email podcast at sparetailer.com. Thank you so much for listening. The Spa Retailer Podcast is produced by Spa Retailer Magazine. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, sparetailer.com, and the Spa Retailer app. 
please leave us a review and let us know what you think or email us at podcast at spa Hey, I think what we should do is chop this up a little bit. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Or we should start over. <laughs> this is like, oh this like is schizophrenic. <laughs> right? So, so, so really, I'm gonna, this is horrible. 